Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence and all in a handy seven minutes or less. My name is Stephen Payton and I'll be your guide. Today, the date is Friday the 18th of June 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off, if you thought one poll every few weeks was too much excitement, you're about to have a field day. The UK government has been told by an information tribunal that it must release its secret polling around Scottish independence and the union, thanks to the efforts of SNP MP Tommy Shepherd. Shepherd submitted an FOI request, then fought against Michael Gove and the Cabinet Office, who rejected the request on flimsy grounds. Well, they lost, and we're about to get our hands on polling data stretching all the way back to January of 2018, baby! The information is due within the 28 days of the ruling earlier this week. Now, this data may end up just corroborating what we've already seen from plenty of other posters, that there has been a general trend toward independence, with most posters saying it's about an even split currently after a period where Yes was very much in the lead. Maybe it'll reveal that support for Yes could be higher than we already suspect it to be, and that's why the UK government were so unwilling to reveal that data. Or maybe they just didn't reveal it because the Cabinet Office under Gove are so poor at handling FOI requests fairly that they have been accused of blacklisting journalists among many other things. But whatever it reveals, hopefully we'll also get an answer to another important question. Just how much has the UK government spent on this? The amount of money being thrown at saving the union is not unsubstantial, and it would be good for us all to better understand just how much capital the Yes Movement is coming up against. So will we get a pleasant surprise when the data is revealed? Will it just confirm what we already know? Or will the Cabinet Office fight the decision and possibly find itself in contempt of court? Time will tell. By the time we do see the Cabinet Office's data though, support for independence may already have climbed even higher, following the fiasco around Britain's trade deal with Australia. There are major concerns that this potential new trade deal has thrown Scottish and Welsh producers under the bus, having moved ahead with zero scrutiny from MPs or MSPs. Scottish farmers are worried that tariff-free, quota-free imports of Australian beef, lamb and sugar could devastate Scotland's agricultural sector. Equally of concern is the fact that Australian welfare standards are not as robust as here, and the use of hormones to speed up growth in cattle is allowed. It has prompted Nicola Sturgeon to call for the deal to be published in full and voted on in the Scottish Parliament. Not that a vote against in the Scottish Parliament could actually impact the deal. That remains reserved to Westminster. And that won't be changing any time soon. In fact, there are many close to the Tory government who don't want that to change at all, including the former chief of Downing Street's union unit, Luke Graham, who branded any move to give more powers to the Scottish Parliament as insane. Writing in the Times, Graham noted that Devomax will be the bullet train to separation in Scotland, before complaining that devolution has brought few benefits to Scotland, as it basically hasn't been done right. Except, hang on, that makes absolutely no sense. Support for independence did not dramatically rise over the past few years just because Holyrood had a few powers here and there. Support for independence has risen as it's been shown that Scotland is more than capable of charting its own path. You cannot argue that further devolution would lead to independence while also claiming that the same further devolution wouldn't actually be that good anyway. If it really was as much as a futile exercise as Graham believes, 
there would be no harm in devolving further powers as it would not have an impact. Also, putting that aside for a moment, if your whole argument boils down to Scots shouldn't have more control over their lives because if they do, they'll want to leave us, then... Well, I'd just be asking, why is it that you think that is? That slipping out from under the boot of Westminster would only encourage us to go further? And finally, this week, Gordon Brown makes another appearance, and this time he has a whole new offensive shtick. Brown interventions are on the up recently, perhaps because it's becoming increasingly difficult to ignore the fact that the country is continuing apace towards independence. So, this time, rather than calling for Devomax again, something he promised during the last referendum, despite not being in a position to deliver, Brown instead has claimed that he was worried about, quote, 50 years of conflict between Scotland and England if the current problems across the UK are not resolved. First of all, Gordon, bold of you to assume that Scots would put up with staying a part of the UK for another 50 years. Secondly, when Scotland does become independent, what evidence is there that our relationship with the remaining United Kingdom would be anything other than peaceful, short of Labour getting back into power and invading Scotland for its oil, that is? Cards on the table, I think the relationship between Scotland and England would actually be better than ever with independence. For a start, it would remove some of the major areas of political conflict from our relationship. The democratic deficit, the UK's various anachronisms, Westminster's unrepresentative electoral system, and a seemingly endless right-wing reign that Scots did not vote for. Among plenty of other things. 50 years. (laughs) The Union will be lucky to last five But that does bring us to an end this week. With all that said, where does that leave the state of the Union? Probably slightly better off than the state of GB News, actually. But not by much. See you again next Friday.